completely changing course. How is furniture right now? The space is, it's gone through what it's been been going through and continues to go through, but what's kind of the current status of, of the furniture industry? To quote an old book, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. Everyone I know is up and have and has more business and has done more business in 2020 and in 2021 than they ever have in their life. But that has caused a major, major critical strain on the global supply chain. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. This week, uh, you know, we get the chance, first time, we're, we're officially out of the primetime coverage uh, with our podcast. So excited to finally get back to, I, you, this is an interesting way to put it, uh, excited to get back to the Zoom style interviews now. We, we enjoyed being in person, but we've got some fresh content and we're excited to start sharing that with you. And we kick it off with none other than Johnny Lamp, our director of furniture here at Nationwide Marketing Group. And um, the FNB team has been, you know, if you've been following news out of Nationwide, incredibly busy um, over these last few months and a uh, year and a half, really, you know, making sure they've got initiatives and things happening to, to get our members product and get our retailers product and um, in all different sorts of ways. And uh, of course, too, they've been going to markets and, and acting as those uh, man on the street reporters, uh, you know, get getting our vendor partners on camera talking about what's new and exciting and just a lot happening. Um, and excited to sit down with Johnny and talk about all of that and more. Uh, so we, we dive into the trends that he's watching, some opportunities for retailers and learn a little bit about him as well. Uh, you know, his path to nationwide and, uh, what excites him and gets him fired up to go to work for independent retailers, you know, on a daily basis. So, um, Excited to, to get back to these interviews and start doing fresh podcasts for you on the Independent Thinking Podcast. So let's dive into it. This is Johnny Lamp, our Director of Furniture here at Nationwide Marketing Group on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast. And Pinch hitting this week in a jam. <laughs> when, when you're when you're stuck in a jam, who do you call but Johnny Lamp? <laughs> so, Mr. Lamp, I appreciate you uh, coming in on such short notice and uh, working with us and getting a podcast together. Well, Rob, thank you so much for having me. Just very excited to come and uh, and speak with you today. Yeah, been uh, you know I, I've talked with well Chad hasn't been on yet, but I've talked with Mike had had Jeff on the podcast. No one else. They've kind of you know stolen the spotlight over the last few years of this podcast. So nice to have a fresh face on here. Well, hey, I'm excited. I mean, they, they pickle me about, about wanting to be a little bit of a ham in front of the uh, the camera. So uh, I know I'm going to uh, catch a lot of flags. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some fun with it and, and yeah. throw that flack my way. I'll, I'll deflect it for you. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, before we dive into, you know, the, the, the meat of what we're going to talk about today, tell us for members that don't know you, uh, you know, and, and outside of the F&B world, um, who is Johnny Lamp? You know, what, what was your path to Nationwide and uh, kind of career history, and and then uh, you know we'll we'll get into what you're doing today. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I've been in this industry. This is my twenty second year in this industry. I started out uh, as a, a rep on the road with a company called Row Furniture uh, back in two thousand, and uh, I uh, uh, made my way back to. I'm from North Carolina originally, from a small little town called Albemarle, North Carolina, and. Um, you know, the Carolinas are known for furniture. So that's really what got me into it. You know, I'm a Carolina boy at heart. And, uh, you know, I got into uh, it, it's uh, racing, 
tobacco and the furniture industry that, that are our three biggest exports in this state. So I uh, got into that, um, made my way back to the Carolinas, um, uh, worked for a couple of uh, different uh, vendor partners of ours, Ashley and Broyhill being one of them. And that's really how I got hooked up uh, and I got the got bitten by the buying group bug. Um, I was uh, the, um, when I was a national accounts manager with Broyhill and Lane, I would, uh, was the gentleman who would go to all of the, uh, the buying group shows. I got to, to know everyone. And uh, a, a few years down the road, uh, Jerry Honey, who has retired from Nationwide, uh, recruited me over to Nationwide as the furniture director. And I wholeheartedly uh, was, uh, took the job, was very excited about coming on board. Uh, you know, because my passion is uh, the, the independent retailer. They are the backbone of our economy. And uh, when I say that, that, that I um, uh, feel the pain of everyone and I understand, I understand. I've been in retail. I've been on the wholesale side, you know, as, as I spoke for um, over 20 plus years. And, you know, I actually have uh, my, my spouse actually runs one of the stores that is actually a nationwide member. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I I hear um, reports from the front lines every day on what's going on. <laughs> so and, do you, who's her who's her MSM? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 her MSM I think is Jody Parton. So okay, so, we'll, so if Jody's not doing it, then then you know who to go right to. Is that is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, just that that's awesome, and I I, I want to keep that pent up passion for a second because I'm going to ask you that in a bit, but. Uh, a little bit more that will let you dive into that. But uh, tell, tell us a little bit about, I know, now as the director of furniture, I kind of sound self-explanatory to us, but for someone that doesn't understand, you know, what that necessarily means for, uh, for Nationwide or what a director of furniture does, tell us a little bit about your role and kind of what you do day to day. Yeah, so I, I really spearhead the initiative of going out, finding uh, vendors that would be a good fit in our port portfolio. You know, like I say, you know, you, you mentioned Jeff and you mentioned Mike, you mentioned Chad. You know, we work as a team. We we go out and uh, and we find these these uh, potential manufacturers that will be great vendor partners. We get together, we we uh, uh, work up programs with them that would be beneficial that would give our members the edge in their marketplace and. Uh, we put those uh, those programs in place. Uh, other things I do, I do a lot of boring things uh, like uh, forecasting, uh, sales planning, and um, things like that that will put you to sleep within two seconds. If, if, I, <laughs> if I go into more description of it, my, but my main thing I like to do number one is is going and um, obviously working with uh, with our potential vendors um, to 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 bring them on board and get uh, really good programs for our members, but. The number one thing I really, really like to do is go out, meet with our members, talk with them, sit down and help them. Um, if there are any opportunities, obstacles that they might have, how I'm, I could be of assistance of them. I've gone out and I've helped uh, people completely plan floors before. Um, I've helped some of our appliance vendors get into the furniture um, uh, arena. So that is what I absolutely love to do. No, that that's awesome. I, when I want to go back to the vendors for a second, when you're going out and looking at you know a new furniture vendor, what is it? Obviously, you could talk programs and and who can bring a, a good deal to the table. But when you're looking at like specific product and what they produce, is there anything you look for in particular to kind of you know identify if they'd be a good fit? Well, well, right now in the uh, the, the the in the uh, um, the uh, 
COVID, the, the, yeah. the pandemic broken supply chain. If you, um, if you have it, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in, I, I'm looking, we're looking for product. Yep. But during normal times, you know, we're looking for, for price points that we might might be missing. We might be looking for categories that we're missing. So, um, it, you know, we just don't go out there with a, with a shotgun uh, spray approach. It's more of a laser pointed approach that we take when we're, when we're trying to find vendor partners that are going to fit into categories and into the grid of uh, merchandising that, that we've got put together. No, that's awesome. And, and I, now to, to kind of dip back into that, that passion, you already talked about it a little bit, you know, that you enjoy kind of the, the hands-on with the members and, and uh, you know, getting involved down in the trenches with them. Uh, you know, what is it? I, is that the big motivator for you? You know, what, what helps you get up every day and, and go to work for these guys, you know, that's as a uh, director of, of furniture? Yeah, that's a, that's the absolute big motivator for me because uh, if it weren't for small businesses, there would, there, there would not be large businesses because every huge corporation started out as a small business. Uh, started out in a garage. Um, uh, started out in in a small warehouse. So uh, small businesses are my passion, and uh, you know I have a lot of friends who are small business owners, and um, that's what motivates me every day to get up and make sure that they are thriving and and doing great. Now you mentioned that you've uh, you know the going in and like helping set up a show floor. How, is, what's kind of you don't have to name names of members or anything, or maybe if you want to call them out, that that'd be awesome too. But um, you know, what's the biggest undertaking of that sort of project that you've ever gone through? Well, uh, having to work with it with an actual um, designer on the, their layout, because you'll, you sometimes you'll, you'll get a, a designer or an architect together and um, their numbers and their measurements really don't match uh, real, real world numbers. <laughs> so They're always going for that luxury it, level, right? <laughs> egos tend to clash a little bit every once in a while. So, um had to do that before but um uh it, it all works out in the end because uh when, when, when you, you have your concept and then you have uh, reality and reality always trumps the concept <laughs> <laughs> i i got you there it's actually kind of funny that you you know you mentioned that because i i don't want to you know date the podcast but as we're publishing this you know we just shared furniture today had this cool survey that they they reported on where I think it was like a UK based, I, I don't know, like a financial for something that doesn't even relate to, to furniture and bedding, but they did a survey on, you know, what catches the eye when a customer walks into the, a home, not necessarily a retail store, but a home. And they, they hit on like that, you know, the, the, in the, in the office, for example, like the first thing the eyes get drawn to is the chair in front of the desk and what they see. So like what, as you're setting up a furniture store, do you have those kinds of things in mind? Like where a customer's eyes go as, as it relates to how you set up a floor? Yes, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I read a book uh, a long time ago by a gentleman named Paco Underhill called Why We Buy. And um, that I think that is that should be uh, basic training for anyone that has a retail store, any kind of retail store, furniture, whatever it might be. And clothing store, you, you need to read that book by Paco Underhill. And, and he really, um, uh, you know, just lays out everything that you need to do for a floor. Um, you have, you have to have that pop, that wow factor, right? When someone walks into the door, whatever it might be, maybe a, a brand new sectional with the color pop that has to be um, uh, decorated and accessorized correctly. So um, that one thing that, that, that's, that's going to be the wow factor when someone one walks into a door, if it's a bedding store, that brand new uh, 
bed that, that, that might have the, uh, the, the body mapping on it that uh, will get someone interested and get a conversation going. No, that's awesome. So completely changing course. How is furniture right now? I, you, you kind of touched on it at the, you know, a little bit ago that the, you know, the spaces it's gone through what it's been been going through and continues to go through like every category right now. But uh, you know, what's, what's kind of the current status of, of the furniture industry. And, and then we'll talk a little bit too about, you know, what you kind of see moving forward here. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, to, to quote an old book, it's the best, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. <laughs> uh, everyone I know is is up and have and has more business and has done more business in 2020 and in 2021 than they ever have in their life. But now what what has that done? That has uh, caused a major, major critical strain on the global supply chain. Uh, to, just to give you a, 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 some some facts, you know, we are really, really short on truckers and drivers here in the United States. Yep. The largest port in, La, it's, it's actually in Los Angeles. Yep, the Long, Long Beach, States. is that right? Long Beach yep. port? The, yep. Long Beach, the Long Beach LA yep. port. That's the largest port in the United States. Pre-COVID, any given day, there is one ship being unloaded and one ship docked out to be to be. Wow, wow. Any given day. Yeah. Right now, there is at least 60 plus ships waiting to be anchored, waiting to be unloaded because right. they can't find truckers. Now they, now wow. that has recently gone, they used to operate at 16 hours a day. They recently gone to 24 hours a day, yep. but it's, it's still not helping. You know, we, we need uh, boots on the ground. We need truckers. We need, we need, we need uh, trucks um, yeah. to be able to get this stuff delivered because that that's the major strain right now. There's, there's not enough, uh, trucks and uh, truckers to be able to pick that stuff up and take it to its destination. This is just not furniture. This is everything. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, when, when you hear economists say um, that you need to be shopping for Christmas and have it over <laughs> with well before October or, or excuse me, well before Halloween, you know that there is a global supply chain crisis. Black Friday might be too late this year <laughs> to start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I is is it's probably already passed. Great, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the, the the final crunch here, and you still got two months until Christmas. So that man, that's crazy. Um, but I, I, it's it's kind of indicative, right? Of just it, it was like a perfect storm of everything. You know, COVID's kind of that overlying uh, the umbrella over all of this. But it, it's up demand. It's it's the you know the struggle to find labor um, and just other supply chain issues too. Because we know earlier. Gosh, what was it? Was it the beginning of this year that there was the big freeze? I know that that hurt mattresses, but there's also been lumber shortages and all kinds of stuff. So it's just been everything piling on top of each other. Absolutely. And, and you know, th this uh, supply chain crisis, I think, definitely will die down. But, you know, what a lot of people are not talking about are some people are talking about are the millennials and Gen Z. Millennials are the biggest generation ever. Uh, just right beside Gen Z. Gen Z is just as big as them. So you've got a lot of people spending a lot of money. Yep. And um, I think that this, uh, that, that this period of uh, good retail and economic growth is going to last for a long time. I don't think it's going to be at the rate that it was uh, during COVID because no one had anything else to do but go out and spend money, right? No vacations, no nothing. And uh, we're still feeling the repercussions of that. But I do think the economy will tend to grow um, at, at historical numbers uh, for years just because of the, the large amount of consumers that we have that are now in the buying cycle. Well, that's that's good problem to have, right? And, and exciting for retailers and the opportunity here. Um, 
what's, you know, do you kind of have a, not that there's like a specific date, but if you had to say when you think, you know, those 60 ships will be back down to one or when the supply chain will kind of normalize itself, when do you, do you guys have any estimation as to when that might be? That's the million, that's the million dollar question. Um, I think that uh, it's just going to take um, getting people, uh, you know, getting truckers, getting drivers on the road. I know that there's a record number of people getting their CDL and, and um, uh, cert certificates and their, their driver, their driver's license to be a trucker. So um, as what's as quick as they can get on the road and um, become uh, truck drivers, these truck drivers are making more money than they ever have it have in their life. So that that's what attracting people to that that industry. So once we can get that done, you you know, I'm I'm thinking at least uh, six to twelve months before we can get things uh, semi normalized. Yeah. So, um, Sounds about right. You know, that's what we're hearing from the other spaces as well. I think, you know, it's different issues, right? I mean, the supply chain issues kind of hits everyone, but, it, you know, you look at appliances and CE, there's the chip shortage and, and manufacturing plants. I'm sure this is the same for furniture too, but manufacturing plants that are also understaffed um, right now and uh, overseas with, you know, you hear stories of one, one positive test shuts down an entire factory kind of stuff. So, um, yeah crazy but it, it will we'll get there eventually and for what it's worth the the space ha and retailers i'm sure you know they're, they're struggling with the finding and getting product but that means that they're selling product as well so uh interesting interesting kind of catch-22 everyone's caught in right now absolutely and, and you know another thing for us poor furniture guys i i am a, a, an actual redheaded stepchild <laughs> so i can i can speak um uh from 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 a point of experience the, the furniture industry is, is kind of the redheaded stepchild when you look at all the other industries, because when you think about it, the medical industry and um, the transportation industry, when there, there are raw materials, when there are parts, that, when there are things that need to be shipped, they're kind of at the top of yeah. the food chain. And then as you go down, you know, you got appliances, you got television. I mean, the toy industry is even higher on the food chain than the furniture industry is because you got to keep the kids happy. <laughs> well, you got Christmas coming up, you know, yep. when, you know, some people needed a refrigerator, a brand new refrigerator that broke down way more than they need to replace that sofa. So, um, you know, we are going to be a little bit longer um, in getting back to, to, to a normal um, uh, cycle of, uh, of in the supply chain. Than, than a lot of our, our other divisions are here at uh, Nationwide Marketing Group. So what, what are, where are the opportunities for a furniture retailer? You know, I think you know, early on in the pandemic, as everyone kind of had to go and, and quickly revert to working from home, uh, you know, people bought furniture to make offices work and, and things like that. So I know office furniture, I'm sure, was, um, you know, it very much got the bump at the beginning of this thing. Are there, you know, I, I imagine by now that's kind of slowed down, you know, as people don't need so much office furniture. Um, but are there other areas, you know, what are, what are you guys kind of seeing from a category perspective where opportunities well, might lie? The, the biggest growth really from a category perspective, and there was a, uh, a uh, article, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, pardon me if, if I, if I uh, quoted the, the wrong periodical, but uh, they said that the new status the new symbol of status is the outdoor living space. Yeah. So yeah. You, you'll notice that we recently brought in a, a really good uh, um, step up uh, outdoor brand called RST Brands. And uh, they have really, really phenomenal uh, 
outdoor furniture. Uh, they cover all the categories. That is, and, and uh, a company like that actually has inventory and has product ready to ship. So uh, the outdoor arena, number one, is, uh, is I think, a, a major uh, piece of opportunity. Another, another area of opportunity is the accessories and accents um, category. A lot of our retailers, you know, they, they stack it deep, sell it cheap, whatever you want to call it. They, they, they set a, a sofa a group out there. They'll set up a bedroom group, but they, they don't accessorize it. I mean, that's like um, someone, you know, getting dressed for the prom and not uh, a lady not putting on her earrings or a necklace um, and, or, or a guy not putting on that, that brand new watch or, or, or putting the, uh, the uh, um, handkerchief in, in his uh, um, pocket and, or, or a uh, tie around his neck. So um, that is a major, and every one of these accessory and accent companies have plenty of stock. Um, I have even seen a couple of our, uh, uh, actually a couple of our members who actually have a store within the store. They will have a little accessory section full of accessories that, that looks like, um, you know, maybe a Kirkland's or a Pier 1 Imports type look in their store. And they pay someone an hourly rate to um, run that section. And it draws people to that area because you have all these really cool uh, accessories that, that are set up really cool, like a really store within a store. And um, that has, has been a really major area of, uh, of income. And there is massive, massive, massive margin in the accents category. So those are the two categories, I think, that... Um, have not been um, that have been underutilized, but there's plenty of opportunity there. I, I want to get back to outdoor, but the accessories thing is kind of interesting because I almost feel like it can, you know, circle back to what we were talking about with you kind of setting up show floors and stuff. Does it come to, you know, I think of staging a staging a house when you're going and, and looking at real estate and, and house shopping, um, you know, does it come down to that too? For does that matter to a retailer how you stage the inside of, of that showroom with those accessories to, to get those attachments? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, I can go to uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or I could go to Wilmington, North Carolina. And, you know, if you think about it, a lot of the bedroom groups, sofa groups really look the same nowadays. It, it's the same group. But I can take that group, sit it in Wisconsin, sit it in Colorado, and I can make it and I can make it look um, regionally appealing by the accent pieces I use, right? Switching so, up, so okay, you use that uh, that Kelly Green if you're up here in Philly for the Eagles, or you know <laughs> that Carolina Blue or Duke Blue. Absolutely. I don't know. It depends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. I'm, I, it's it's normal with me. I promote that. Yeah, but but you know, it's uh, the accents uh, pieces and the accessorizing that you do. It's what gives you, it's what brings out the personality in the piece. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And outdoor, I mean, that's, you know, we, we kind of saw that too. I think the, the, is that a pandemic driver? Because uh, obviously as people are trying to move and, and entertain outdoors um, and the whole social distancing, distancing aspect of, of life right now, and uh, just wanting to spend time outside, is that a driver of that category or, or what else I, are you I, seeing? Absolutely. I, I do think it's a major driver. But I think that, uh, you know, I am complete agreement with the article that, that came out that it is a symbol of status. Because if you think about it, um, uh, when you can tap into someone's ego, 
you can get a lot more money out of them. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that drive BMWs that, uh, that the inside, the, the furniture they sit on does not match the fact that they drive a BMW or, rel- or wear a Rolex watch because those things are outdoors. People can see them. People cannot see this beautiful $5,000 sofa that you might have sitting in your home. But when it's outdoors, people see you outdoors. Your neighbors see your really nice outdoor furniture, furniture and the way you've got it put together. That taps into the ego. So I think that is a, a you know one of the many factors that nobody really wants to talk about. But what I say, I say that our retailers really need to find ways to tap in to the ego of the consumer because we will be able to build higher tickets. And I have preached this for years and years and years. That's the reason the automobile industry, that's the reason the clothing industry and um, all other industries that, that have flourished and are getting larger tickets from people. And then, you know, guy will go buy a brand new Cadillac Escalade, but then he'll go and buy a $400 mattress and a $400 sofa. That just doesn't make, make sense. Because the automobile yeah. industry has tapped into the ego. Yeah, and that's that's a different way of selling for for furniture dealers because they've not really ever had the opportunity to do that. So how different is it to, you know, sell something like that to where you're kind of, you know, enticing someone that this is something you need because it'll make you feel better as opposed to, you know, physically feel better because it's more comfy to sit on as yeah. an example. I I think it's really tough and you know, I, I'll still go when um uh but one Saturday every Saturday every other month, I'll go in, into my my wife's store, speak with uh, consumers, and talk with them. And uh, I tell you a really funny story. One time, I, I got to talking to a gentleman, and uh, you know, he had on a really nice uh, uh, tag watch, and uh, was was really was wearing a uh, a Travis Matthew golf shirt, which those things are you can't a <laughs> hundred dollars for one of those things is is like a deal. And uh, you know, he and his wife were looking at a. Uh, uh, a very low priced uh, sofa group. <clears throat> and I looked right at him. I said, look, man, I said, you like the fire things in life like I do. I, I, I think you're kind of underbuying and you're going to be very unhappy. Then you're going to be very unhappy with us. Come over here and let's look at this. I said, because you like the fire things in life, don't you? And he goes, yeah. So uh, I spoke with him. I, I you know, ended up giving the the sale to to one of my wife's uh, salespeople. I was going to ask, did you get the commission? I'm just there to do a little, little uh, research and, you know, just, I, I like getting the temperature of the consumers. Awesome. I, I, I moved that gentleman from a $1,200 sale to a $4,800 sale. Wow. And they, and the guy was unbelievably happy and uh, wrote a really good review online about us. So, you know, underselling someone, uh, can can definitely be a detriment because uh, you know I, I think we as uh, I think that our retailers our members their job is to uh, educate the consumer and uh, and find the exact thing that they need. So yeah, that's I mean that's incredible uh, to think about just the way that you know it, it the the way that selling had to be done during that like that you wouldn't have been able to pick up on that in a video chat. I mean maybe if he like flashed his watcher you know, put his hand on his shin or something like that. But, you know, you can't pick up on that in an online chat. That's that's human interaction that you were able to pick up on those cues and kind of, it, yeah. it's a very experiential type of retailing as opposed to, you know, very transactional. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know e-com is big. Uh, as, as a company here, we focus on e-com. 
but there is, you know, there are a lot of people who make a lot of money that are buying really, really underpriced, uh, low quality furniture that needs someone to tell them, uh, you don't need to spend $500 on, on this brand new mattress. You need to spend two grand because, uh, it, you know, mattresses are the, the key to health, good sleep. You, you, you do not have health unless you have good sleep, right? Then on the, on the furniture side of things, you know, someone who wants something with quality, um, it, it, nothing says you've arrived, um, like a really well-decorated home with really good furniture. And that person who is on Wayfair buying that $300 <laughs> sofa, um, needs to be, it needs to have, have someone sit him down, tell him about what he really needs to make his home, you know, his, his sanctuary. No, oh, that's awesome. Uh, and excited to see kind of, I, I think there might be an education track in that. Let's call Mr. Whitaker over here, you know, <laughs> not to throw more work on your plate now, <laughs> but no, I, I, I want <laughs> that would be awesome. I, and you know, not to, um, you know, cut that comment short, but I want to spend a couple minutes cause we've got some really cool things that I know you and, and the, the team are doing. And now the, you know, the, the four of you, the four horsemen thing clicks now with, uh, you know, if anyone was in Nashville and saw the furniture and betting team, I, I get why you guys were the four horsemen. It, it, it makes sense. But, uh, you know, what we we're not too far removed from Vegas market, which was crazily right after uh, prime time for you guys. Um, you know, and now we're just a, a short time away, a couple of days as we're sitting here from high point market. Um, you know, looking back, how was Vegas? And, and then, you know, what are you kind of expecting as you go into high point? Vegas was still quiet because, you know, we, we had uh, just uh, started uh, the, uh, the Delta variant spike. It was very quiet. Um, people stayed home. Uh, prime time was absolutely <laughs> unbelievably good. I, yeah. I, I think we had more people at prime time than, 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 than there was a Vegas market. But uh, I also went to a thing called pre-market. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with pre-market. Yep. And high, went, to, went to pre-market. Pre-market was, another, was a regular pre-market. And it wasn't super, super busy, but uh, the, the, the forecast that I'm hearing from retailers and from manufacturers, we're, we're not going to be back to a normal October market, but we should be probably somewhere in the 60 to 70 percent uh, range of a normal market um, because people are ready to get back out. Uh, a lot of the manufacturers are going to be introducing new product again. Uh, many manufacturers have not introduced uh, any new products since April of 2020. Wow. There will be new product to look at um, in, in the high point market. And uh, everyone is expecting those attendance numbers to, to grow. January Vegas market is expected to be way better than it has been, as is the April market in 2022. Right. And uh, everybody feels that October 2022 will be the good old days again. <laughs> but uh, um, lot, lots of good uh, re-merchandised uh, products because you know, there have been massive price increases. Um, a lot of our manufacturers have, uh, have uh, re-merchandised product uh, to be able to hit those, those price points. Other manufacturers have said, hey, you know, with all of the, uh, the uh, freight increases, we're going higher in because people are buying those higher ticket products. So yeah. I'm seeing it go both ways. And what are, you know, that's something we kind of maybe should have touched on while we were talking about the, the supply chain, but price increases are a big thing too. What's the, what are you hearing from retailers on that end? Or do they understand, I know it's probably, you know, tough to hear that, but do they understand why? They, they understand why completely. Um, it, it does hurt their bottom line, 
but uh, you know, on the actual uh, sale end, uh, consumers are paying the price. And you know, as long as consumers are paying the price, then uh, they have no problem with that. But uh, it's it's really hard keeping up. I mean, there there are there are uh, retailers that are getting uh, price increases every day, and a lot of retailers still have to write out those price tags by hand. And when you have you know a few thousand items on your floor, that that takes up a lot of time. A little little plug for digital price tags, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. I see what you did there. For that. <laughs> There's some co-op dollars somewhere, right? You know, I'm sure that could be so, a thing. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's uh, you know, it'll be cool to see it kind of progress back from see market pro- progress back to to what it's been. But I know too, you know, even even as it gets back to that more normal, uh, you know, environment there, you guys are still doing market lives and and. Uh, how have those been, you know, being able to get in front of cameras while you're there and talk to vendors and, and just see what's going on? Yeah, th- those have been wonderful. We have had uh, great, great success. Um, and we had uh, over 30, th- we, we, we average about over 30,000 plus uh, hits on uh, the, the High Point Market Live and Las Vegas Market Live. Our, vend- our, ve- our vendor partners love it because it gets them exposure to people who are still kind of afraid to go out and, um, and, and travel. And then there are people who just cannot because they're so short staffed. So mm-hmm. it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody really likes that. And, and you know, we also have uh, a couple more initiatives that, that we started this year just to help out our uh, our members and our vendor partners. We have a couple, we, we have a thing called Pick Five each month. You know, we, we pick five vendors to, to spotlight and uh, they have a special offer, an exclusive offer for the membership. And uh, we also have a thing called uh, uh, NMG Marketplace, where our vendor partners can go and put any kind of overstock, any kind of discounting, didn't, uh, any kind of discounted items, discontinued items on the NMG Marketplace that can be found on MemberNet and on the NMG app. So, uh, you, know, we, you know, we have not been sitting around our hands. You know, we have been out uh, you know, thinking of new initiatives for the membership to, to make sure that, that they, like I said before, have the edge in their market. Yeah, you, you guys have been busy. I, uh, you know, I, I know, uh, I just following all the news that's been coming out of, of the FNB team, and uh, mm-hmm. no, no slight against any of the other uh, categories here and, and what they're doing, but you guys have been, um, you know, on top of it in terms of getting things out there, and and whether it's from a news perspective, and you know, being on the field, you know, man on the street reporters out there at markets to just some of the the stuff you've been doing uh, behind the scenes for. You know, getting them product how any which way you can. It's been awesome to follow. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys. It's been it's been so, uh, exciting to see, and I I know it's paying off too. So the the payoff for you guys has to feel good. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I we can kind of leave it there. Yeah, I, that's a, we've covered a lot. So, I, and I know you've been you're busy. We just kind of wrapped up everything you're doing, but uh, <laughs> you know, you you guys are staying busy. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, but Mr. Lamp, I. I appreciate you taking a few minutes this morning and uh, chatting with us. And, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have you back on before a, a Darrow or Rose get here again. I, I so. better than you anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be checking in again soon for sure. Thank you so much, Rob. And, you know, just, just, uh, we want to let everyone know that the furniture bedding team is constantly working for, for the membership. And uh, you know, to, to bring them the best uh, programs and best initiatives that, that um, they can find. So uh, we, we thank everyone for everything that they've done 
um, please always reach out to any of us if you ever have any concerns or, or want to chat with us. We're, we're very uh, accessible. Awesome. Appreciate it. And thanks again to Johnny for taking time and, and like I said at the top, you know, pinch hitting there for us uh, on short notice and coming in and, and delivering a strong, you know, podcast. So uh, clear that he's excited about what he does and, um, you know, the work he does on behalf of our independent retailers. So uh, appreciate him taking the time. And as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast. And we will catch you next time.